0: With Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMT.
1: So Dan, I just have to ask, why were you playing "Hail to the Chief"?
0: Because there is a Bill Dwight in the studio, and I call him El Presidente. That's
2: what's his nickname. I, I, I actually think it's a federal crime to play "Hail to the Chief" as the president is. President. And I like violating. Well, no, it, is, it isn't
1: general. As a lawyer, I'll tell you, it isn't generally a crime unless it's being played for the benefit of. Bill Dwight.
0: <laughs>
2: that is a felony. There's an exception. Wow, there is. That's <laughs> an a exception weird class. exception. Hey,
1: and hey, we're going to turn...
0: what? And I also heard that there's a film festival happening in <laughs> Asheville. Is that
1: true, Buzz? This is why we give you the big buzz. I know. This is it. I've set this up here That was for a beautiful you. thing. I heard there's something going on tonight that there I'm really is. excited about, Buzz. you got to right. tell me. After a two-year hiatus, the I think it's the 14th annual uh, Asheville Film Fest, which was... Originally, uh, uh, I guess founded is the right word, created by Harry Karamides, the, Hollywood, the distinguished Hollywood film editor, most famous among his work is the trilogy for uh, Back to the Future. But um, that, uh, that film fest is back after the pandemic chased it for a little while. Tonight will be a film made by Randall Nickerson. He's a filmmaker. The writer and editor is the extremely accomplished filmmaker Christopher Seward, who's most famous for working with Michael Moore on Fahrenheit and a number of other titles you've heard of. Uh, Tonight, 7 o'clock, will be the screening of Aerial Phenomenon. That is a featured documentary exploring an African extraterrestrial claimed encounter witnessed uh, alleged to have been witnessed by, they claim, 64 school children in 1994, they not only saw something that's unexplainable in the sky, but then some uh, many of them saw creatures, which they described. And years later, they still insist that they saw it, and the descriptions haven't wavered a bit. And the descriptions are consistent with some other people who claim they've had these kind of encounters. There's going to be, after the screening, is going to be a panel. I will be moderating the panel. On the panel will be Randall Nickerson and Christopher Seward, Christopher and we're going to talk about, I guess, the difference between fact and belief, that a fact is refutable or, or affirmable, and a belief is not. And uh, we're going to talk about what kind of evidence is anecdotal evidence enough evidence And we're going to talk about the fact that Congress has just created a new office to study. They don't call them UFOs anymore. They are...
2: I I forgot, like IPAs. (laughs) No, I think (laughs) I've
1: got it somewhere. Here it is, uh, unidentified aerospace undersea phenomena, because some of the jet fighter pilots claim that they've seen these things go into the sea and come back out again, so... Um, they're looking into which ones may be human made and which ones may not be in Congress. Bipartisan funding for this office, and the Pentagon welcomes it. And so there's a lot of unexplained stuff going on that we're going to explore tonight. Tomorrow and Saturday will be the local shorts, which the Ashfield Film Fest is most famous for. I've heard that there's nineteen terrific five minutes or less films for us to screen tomorrow. And there are seven awards. The audience participates in deciding who gets what. So it's really a lot of fun. And I do know that we have more tickets, so please do consider coming. But speaking of stuff that's going on tomorrow, Bill Dwight and Diane, you ready? Porcella? Yay! Yay! We said it the <laughs> Italian way. Like bloody little pig.
2: in <laughs> <laughs> <And> here... <laughs> I,
1: How did you manage to retain your office
2: all those years? I I don't know. I think it was just ambivalence, massive ambivalence. And Bill Dwight.
1: So (laughs) um, I guess the best place to start in talking about the Doozy Doo Parade is to start about this incredible organization called uh, Northampton Neighbors. Diane.
3: Hi. Yes, thank you so much. Um, Northampton Neighbors, it's our fifth birthday.
1: Wow, because I think 55 is the uh, eligibility point for being a member, right? Well,
3: 55 is is the point at which we can offer you a direct service, but we do not have an age limit or a geographic limit. So anybody can join Northampton Neighbors and benefit from our social programs and just like things like parades that are happening tomorrow. That's great, but
1: there are some wonderful things. That we're we're laughing about it. The parade is a lot of fun. But yeah. tell us what neighbors does. It really is helpful to our neighbors.
3: It it is, and you know, I think COVID was tough for many of us on many levels. But it also kind of shown the highlights of Northampton neighbors um, and just neighbors helping neighbors get through. And it isn't an age thing necessarily, but it is sort of re envisioning a way of aging. And uh, like our tagline is engaging in place to stay active and uh, to. Okay, so I'm
1: over 55. Yeah. If I'm a Northampton person and tell me what kind of services that you could provide for me.
3: Well, you know, it may not feel life changing, but if your smoke detector battery has been going off for three days and you can't reach it and somebody comes over and fixes that, it's a pretty good thing. So we do some small fixes like that, transportation uh, within the area, um, and sometimes just things like coming over and hanging out or a phone call. Because for many of us, it's particularly again in COVID, just like making a connection. Um, and I, I don't know that
1: there's a greater greater service than somebody who's in, living in isolation to have company. It's that's the best.
2: Well, it's it's as I as I said before. Actually, we, I, I remember talking about. Before it was even named Northampton Neighbors, but the concept of trying to introduce uh, a European idea, which was to allow people to age in place, because rather than warehousing them, and um, particularly as our cohort does age, and we're the big bubble, you know, we're we're, we're the big population bubble. And we're going to create the greater demands for all the people younger than us who probably don't have the means to support us, and. They came up with this simple notion of, uh, yeah, community is actually a support system. That's We've done that since we crawled down from trees. We've been working as a community. That's how we s- save ourselves and, and grow. As, and um, This is essentially an organization that provides opportunities for, as Diane said, on some level, just a simple connection. But on the same level, uh, addressing... Uh, issues that come up that you really don't have a service available to you, or the means to pay for that service. And this is the thing that always struck me about Northampton neighbors: um, a lot of these organizations, all of the best intentions, unfortunately, are very expensive. So there's barriers to entry, particularly for people and and people who are on in fixed incomes, people uh, in communities that that have greater need, don't have. The means to pay to be part of this. This is Northampton had decided that what they will do was provide this for everyone without the burden of that fee. And that's why they have to fundraise. And they do it in a glorious way that that <laughs> is unique and is actually very appropriate given the fact that we're we've been under house arrest for three years. Um Longer than Jeffrey Epstein ever was, oh, and we and we and there's there is a lot of pent up energy, and that's been demonstrated in uh, re- most recently at Taste Northampton. Um, you could see it in uh, the on Strong Avenue. You can see it in every. We community. had a jazz
1: fest coming up in
2: October. Exactly, mm-hmm. 1st. just yeah. an opportunity to mingle with people and to not sort of you know a break from. The, Every issue we discuss and every issue we consider and you go online and basically everything is on the precipice of crisis and distress and despair. Here's an opportunity for a large collective sigh for us to just say, we are embracing just absolute Our silliness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we we're
1: just, we are social creatures. I, I had the, yeah. uh, we were talking about it, Diane and I were talking about it before we went on the air, and uh, I had the pleasure, there was a collaboration between UMass and Northampton Neighbors about storytelling, and uh, and there was a, a young student who was talking about how she derives such great benefit from mm. talking with, I think, an 89-year-old woman who was here in studio. You remember her name, Diane? Her name is Bert. Right, Bert, who was incredible. And and among the services bill that you were just talking about, somebody needs a ride to the hospital. They don't have money for a cab. Right. Somebody comes and brings them to the hospital, or picks up their drugs for them, or or or, or. It could be groceries. It could be just visiting a family friend. It could be just being lonely and needing somebody sure. to talk to. Sure.
3: And and some of it is things we haven't thought of. Uh, you know folks call us all the time and say uh, you know can you help me move my fish tank or you know something uh, i can't think of a very good example you know, you know Bill pro- Dwight <laughs> will think of really perfect you me program
2: <laughs> my cell phone you know right so people who, who didn't have access to cell phones who have landlines who during a blackout what do they do yeah um where's where's the network who who can they call on um it 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 allows you some comfort in living where you want to live as opposed to Going to a place and, um, you know, gathering around a piano and playing old-time tunes, I suppose. And this this is... Exactly why we all want to live where we live. It, it's exactly, right. it's that's exactly why we live with other people.
3: Right. Yeah. And, and the time to think about aging in place is yeah. however old you are right, right. now, yeah. um, because we do have to plan for it and we do need to think about it. And it's working, uh, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. I, I have I'm, one of the better jobs in Northampton. Very
2: cool. I, <laughs> it is cool. Well, well, she does it better than anyone else and that's why she has it. So.
1: Well, Ron oh. DeSantis, will, uh, he oh. would do a great job. He would just send us off when we have problems. Yeah, it's, that's Ron DeSantis or Greg We Abbott. won't go there. Instead, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about another doozy. Let's talk about what's going to happen tomorrow. Oh, so, that's right. It's just tomorrow, isn't it? It
3: is tomorrow. And are you it, ready? I'm. Uh, we are. You know, at this point, what isn't done isn't going to get done And then you just go, let's walk up and be kind.
2: Yeah, now the rock is rolling downhill. There's just no stopping it. Dan, the (laughs) next time I'm
1: panicking about the show, would you just say, what in done... In what done. do you want me to say? I, <laughs> I want you to that say that. something like that. <laughs> in done?
3: If it in done, it ain't gone be uh, done. It, oh, okay. And it's, you right. know, got
1: it's,
0: it? Yeah, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to write that down.
3: Well, you know, Sticky it's something note. that my ma used to say. Oh, really? And so, uh, yeah, just like, you know, at a certain point, all the best planning. And she was a big planner. She had eight kids. So
1: well, my, my dad used to say, it in done, do
2: it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what time it is. Well, yeah. your mom had eight kids, so she had her own parade organization. She did all the kids. Yeah, so <laughs> I, guess, okay. I guess was a doozy. It, yeah.
3: Absolutely, you should have seen us going to the beach. People used to just groan when they saw my family. <laughs> all right, so you've got to anyway. introduce us
2: to
1: what have you? What are you ready with? What have, what have you planned for?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, well uh, tomorrow morning at the uh, on on Holly uh, Street mm-hmm. from the Arts Trust building. The center of the universe. The, the center of the universe is where we will be assembling and they're stepping off at eleven, right? Correct. You, Diane's going to tell me when I get this wrong because yeah. I'm making most of this up right now. So, um,
4: and You're the really parade—it's not up. a
2: long parade, but we'll be taking—we'll <laughs> be covering the uh, the west side of the street up Main Street. Um, the grand marshals who are Kelsey Flynn, uh, Dennis Lee. And myself will peel off at the courthouse, and then start announcing the the various floats and, and performers and participants. And uh, but the parade will con- uh, proceed up past City Hall somewhere yeah, around
3: there, uh, all the way up to the Academy of Music oh, Theater.
2: There you go. And it, so it's it's in length of actual physical length. It's short. But the parade will, I, how many of you have, 300 participants?
1: Absolutely.
3: <gasps> really? Absolutely. Wow.
2: And,
3: and of all walks of the community. Well, can you give us just a,
1: actually, we're going to take a break in about a minute. But okay. In that minute, can you just give us a little taste of what some of these 300 people will be doing? Well,
3: well there's a bunch of people wearing mittens and playing bad mitten. <laughs> <laughs> that's one
2: um,
3: I understand there's a the survival center is coming with a bunch of um, fruit and vegetable jugglers
2: right perfect
3: and um, let well me there's
2: th- there I don't know if you recall the words and picture museum ah, did the yes. Kevin Eastman of, of the course. Ninja Turtles when the Ninja Turtle heyday in Northampton yeah. there was at the top of that building there was a gargoyle do you Right. Recall I remember that? that yeah gargoyle has a name Gertrude and the gargoyle will be a represented. Female gargoyle? What's that? That was a female gargoyle or was It's I, Northampton, I, Mr. I, I, I don't know gargoyle. how it identified <laughs> and I'm not gonna project. But the, right. the the Gertrude will be represented twice in this parade. And has not been seen in quite a while, actually. Yeah. That's uh true. so there's that.
3: The pedal people are pulling the actual Gertrude <laughs> up the real Main yeah. street. Wow. She's flown down from her perch. From her perch, yes. and uh, she'll and she'll be at the academy. You can get a selfie with Gertrude at, at the up at the academy. You can,
1: uh, folks. You cannot miss this opportunity. A <laughs> selfie with Gertrude, the non-binary Gertrude. You're right. <laughs> That's we are going sense. to take a break. We're going to be back in just a few minutes. Uh, we are talking about the Doozy Do, which happens tomorrow to benefit uh, Northampton neighbors, and uh, I'm very impressed by the organization and. Uh, I don't know what to say about the parade. It sounds great. We'll be back right after this.
0: This is and the Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 1015 wide.
5: Why do the super wealthy keep getting richer and
1: richer, with everyone else getting the short end of the stick? Join us when we speak with the
5: country's foremost progressive radio commentator and author, Tom Hartman, whose new book is The Hidden History of Neoliberalism. Tom Hartman will be our guest Monday at 9 o'clock. Bill Newman, weekdays at 9 and again at 5, WHMP News, Information and the Arts.
6: I am Marco, and I have always been full of life, full of energy, and always on the go. At the age of 21, I was diagnosed with kidney disease. My life was saved by an organ donor. Receiving a life-saving organ put my life back into play, and I was able to move forward and make my dreams come true. Anyone can sign up to be an organ donor, whether you're 16 or 96. Be a hero. Be an organ donor. Register today.
4: Register at registerme.org, sponsored by New England Donor Services.
5: Do you know what's going on in business in Western Mass? You do if you read Business West. Find out which companies are growing, which companies are innovating. Learn about people on the move, people taking the lead. Every issue of Business West is packed with business news, including incorporations, corporations, building permits, real estate transactions, and bankruptcies. Pick up a copy or read Business West online. The vital business news is in Business West, the business journal of Western Mass. When I was a kid, a bowl of cereal seemed incomplete unless it was topped with sliced bananas. And we knew where our bananas came from. They came from Chiquita, our pineapples came from Dole, and our oranges came from Sunkist. We didn't think much about it, but we do now. We want food that hasn't spent a lot of time on a truck or in a processing plant. Around here, it's hard to miss the Local Hero label. Local Hero makes it quick and easy to identify food raised right here in Western Mass. Local Hero is part of CESA, Community Involved in Sustaining Agriculture, and Local Hero is just one of the things that CESA does to help Western Mass farms thrive. CESA helps build a strong local food system, working with farmers, stores, restaurants, so all of us have Fresh local food choices. Look for the bright yellow local hero label and think about becoming a CISA supporter. Go to buylocalfood.org. Find out what CISA does and why it's worth supporting and bon appetit.
0: This is the afternoon buzz with Buzz Eisenberg. One Oh one five. WHMP.
1: And we're back and we are um, talking with Diane Porcella and Bill Dwight, I'm trying to That's Italianize the, Dwight. It's du- not an easy du- thing to do. I do just want to flag um, <laughs> stick around after this wonderful conversation because Jeff Napolitano's good thing uh, is going to involve uh, Selena Della Croce from the Tri Continental and Anti Imperialist Coalition. She's going to talk about her recent visit to Venezuela and what she learned. But let's go back to the doozy do tomorrow, Diane. So, what will people? I want to point out it is accessible, right?
3: So yes. So
1: there's going to be a place for people who are in chairs, right?
3: Uh, yeah, a better viewing spot because all along the westbound lane there's uh, parking, except in front of the courthouse. So that's a really good spot if you're in a stroller or wheelchair, walker, or just short to, you, know, you don't have to look over cars there.
2: That's right. There you go.
1: So I wanted to ask about sponsorship. So... Um, how much is it going to cost for people to be involved in watching the parade, participating in the parade? And tell us about how this is going to raise money for Northampton neighbors?
3: Ah, thanks. Uh, actually, to come to the parade, just come.
1: Yeah. Just it's
3: walk free up. It's, it's free. free.
1: Literally a free-for-all? It
3: is a free-for-all. And um, I think, you know, uh, we would love to see people lining the streets to see this, but we're also grateful to our business sponsors who made the whole thing possible. Uh, there's a whole bunch of people who gave good money, um, to sponsor this event, as well as some of the marchers themselves donated to Northampton neighbors, many of them, uh, to, you know, fund our next cycle, our next thing, our next big thing. Um, And it's been... We've been pretty overwhelmed with the generosity.
1: So will, people, will there be some way that people can learn who is sponsored, which businesses Yeah, are? actually,
3: we'll have a big banner um, in the parade, and then it will end up, um, golly, I think it ends up at the Academy. And you can also check out doozydoo.org, our website, to learn more about who's involved in this crazy thing. There's lists of who's marching. There's lists of who's sponsoring. There's lists of ways to get involved. And we do hope to come back next year.
2: Yeah, this is the first one. And this is the introduction. This is the opportunity for people to literally emerge, emerge from their chrysalis and then and <laughs> and and glow. And then I, I suspect that there will be the response will be quite impressive. And I would imagine that next year's parade will be even more biggerist. Yeah, next bigger-er. year we
3: want both lanes.
2: Yeah. Uh, we, next, right. yeah
3: we want <laughs> both
1: lanes. Downtown. Who came up with the name Doozy Do?
3: Uh, that was our Doozy Doers. Uh, we have a whole team of people working on this parade. It's based on something out in Pasadena called the Doo-Dah Parade. The Doo-Dah
2: Parade. The Doo-Dah Mar- Parade. Mark Karpel is yes. the person who came up with this idea As uh, in his COVID isolation. Actually, he came up with it before that. Mm-hmm. And then f- he fig- this is before he even affiliated with Northampton Neighbors or you know, as a response to emerging from COVID, it all jived and it was perfect. And Mark came he, up. He did with a it. good job because when I first heard it
1: and then I Googled it, I assumed that it was D O O, which would not have been a good name.
2: No, no. That, that, D-O- You know, is, they, there were some problems with the or number it
1: could of have the <laughs> D-E-U-X. It, it
2: could have been that yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as I as I understand that there were a number of iterations that Got nixed simply because of, <laughs> Thankfully so. There's not a lot you can do with do. <laughs> <somewhere>. <laughs> <laughs> but somehow you just did. And we, no. Yeah, well, we're there. We and went then there. we're
3: doozy done with it. We'll go <laughs> you in on the
4: rest.
2: <laughs> so, oh, doozy do not. <clears throat> but I, I really hope... I mean, you'll be... For folks who remember Dennis Lee, who broadcast on these airwaves, it'll be an opportunity to see and hear him again? Is and Nam
1: going to be covering it?
2: Nam will be covering uh, it. So Northampton Open Media will be. This will be, uh, I believe, covered live, and then, it'll be live and, streamed. And, and absolutely. you can watch it after the fact too. So there, there's. If you can't get out, although tomorrow. Really is. The weather cannot get more glorious. Mm. And I know, so clearly be we day. we prayed to the right gods and this is gonna work. So and we started so at eleven o'clock at thirty three Holly Street. Stepping off on thirty three Holly Street,
1: marching stepping up Main. And people can like bring their beach chairs and set them yeah, up on the side.
3: Yep.
2: yep. And cheer the vegetables as they walk by. <laughs> cheer and thrill to the Your friends and neighbors. Will there be music? There will be. Oh, lots of music. Yes, quite a
3: bit of music. The Expandable Brass Band will be there. Some other groups. The high school
2: Uh band. Right, the hard, high, school, no, the high school
3: had to. They they had a they had a thing, and they couldn't do it. Th- yet. This, Another well, gig. Well, no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they're going to be there next year, but it just got a little complicated for them this year oh, with some I'll illness in the band. Oh, so, okay. um, oh my. so we gave them a spot out, but we'll we got a spot for them next year. And um, yeah, they, they. Oh, there will be. This may not be to everybody's tea, but um, there will also be a bagpiper.
2: Well, there oh. you go. That's in commemorating, like the <laughs> <There we go. laughs> commemorating
3: the
2: Queen. There we go. Commemorating the Queen. yeah,
3: I mean there'll be music, there'll be dancing, there'll be color. There will not be a couple of things like there will not be candy thrown into the crowd because we're trying. To, parade. This is a. That we're trying to keep it clean here, so we <laughs> want to we want to leave the city cleaner than we found it. So uh, I think that's an excellent idea. I, not so to
2: throw there candy. There won't be that, but You should throw broccoli. We should. Uh, that will be the survival center. The I mean. farmers That's on them. and the farmers' market will still be open, by the way. And ah, uh, we, so people I hope can people pick up broccoli, yeah. and yeah. they could
1: juggle vegetables that they buy at the farmers' market.
2: Exactly. You, this could can, become
3: a whole new thing next
2: year. Yeah, you can improve your health and expand your opportunities That's to right. express will... yourself And downtown. you, Diane, you
1: can you can call them farmers' lollipops as you throw them into. Ooh.
3: The... <laughs>
2: so. <laughs>
1: All right, this is my final question because we are out of time, and I wish we could talk about this more, but tomorrow is tomorrow. You can get all the doozy do you want starting at 11 o'clock, 33 Holly Street. Uh, my, my question is, how can people learn about it, and how can people donate to Northampton Neighbors?
3: Oh, thank you. Well, jo- all about the parade is at doozydoo.org. Take a peek. Um,
1: only one O in doozy-doo. Yes, there's right. one O. Well, there's
3: three O's, but there's only one at the end. Got and, it. um... And also for Northampton Neighbors, we do have a website, northamptonneighbors.org. And, uh, you know, give us a call. Uh, drop us an email. We are, we want to hear. We really do.
1: It's so, you know, uh, I'm a pretty uh, opinionated guy, and uh, ideologically so. But um, so many guests come on and talk about local heroes, talk about the need for community. The, it is what we celebrate around here. I know I've been involved in my Town politics for a very long time and I think that um it is what a great place to put your money in a way to help your neighbors who are mm-hmm. uh, aging in place and mm-hmm. and trying to stay home rather than go to what uh, Bill
3: calls a warehouse and but to that I'm going to interrupt you for one second yeah. because the other thing that's really cool is it's not a one-way street it's our neighbors, our people, our older adults are also helping our younger adults um, and children. It's a, it's, a really, it's a real give and take, big mishmash of um, attention. Well,
2: it's exactly what a community is supposed to be. Yeah. It's exactly. give and take, it is a, it is a communal effort. As a Immerse country.
1: yourself in the spirit of community by going to the Doozy Doo Parade. St- thank you. Which steps off at 11 o'clock <laughs> at 33 Holly Street, the center of the universe. Diane, Bill, thank you for joining us. Always a pleasure. Buzz. I don't know what... Break a, what?
2: uh No, don't break anything. Don't break um, anything. No, <laughs> don't, don't break, break, it, break a, a hip. Pipe.
3: No, thanks so much. All right. <laughs> good luck with your festival
2: tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Have a great time. Take care. Be Thank silly. You. Bye-bye.
1: See yeah. ya. We're going to be back with Justin Polotano. He's got a really good thing going. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. Stay with us.
0: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5
4: For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. Northampton Public Schools are updating their safety plans. This comes in the wake of a bomb threat that disrupted Northampton High School earlier this week. Superintendent Janelle Pearson-Campbell says the district listened to the feedback they received from the community about their safety response and the need for improved communication in emergency situations. Pearson-Campbell says the plans are not to be released to the public so as not to compromise safety. The Amherst Regional School Committee say they have some new approaches and tools at their disposal to deal with safety concerns from parents and students. This comes after reports of several fights and assaults that took place last spring. The school plans to use the Restorative Justice Program and its coordinator to help resolve conflicts. And the town's new Crest Department may also be called in to deal with some problems as well. Northampton Mayor Gina-Louise Shera said the City Hall there and the Town Hall in Amherst both received calls from a blocked number who claimed to be from Texas Governor Greg Abbott's office. The caller claimed that buses full of migrants were on the way to those respective communities. Shera says they're unable to substantiate these claims, but leadership from both communities are in communication with other public service agencies to plan for this eventuality. And the Big E is expecting full-capacity crowds this year. It kicked off a 17-day run today. The fair has a variety of new restaurants, rides, and activities, including the front porch, where you can find more food choices, a flower truck, and local vendors. Last year, the Big E welcomed more than 1.5 million people.
6: Partly to mostly sunny this afternoon, a high of 68 to 72. Variable clouds tonight, low 44 to 50. Partly to mostly sunny tomorrow, 72 to 76. Sun cloud mix, chance for showers on Sunday, and a high in the low 80s. 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Brian Lapis 1015 WHMP sign up for will bike for food the food bank of western massachusetts annual cycling fundraiser presented by stop and shop every dollar raised provides four meals for those at risk of hunger ride 10 25 50 or even 100 miles on sunday september 25th or ride your own miles on your own time throughout september registration is just 40 bucks and includes a t-shirt and an all-access pass to the ce floyd after party with food drinks live music and more sign up or donate to a team or individual at Willbikeforfood.org. A lot of mattress stores, all they talk about is price. Sale, 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 save, 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 blah, blah, blah. I get it. No one wants to pay a dollar more than you have to. But what do you really know about mattresses? Are you an expert? I'm not. And I have a furniture store. So I at least know a little. Hi, it's Robin from Talon Furniture. We mostly sell therapeutic mattresses at Talon Furniture. Not temperpedic. not trying to mislead you, therapeutic. The best mattress value I've ever found. And believe me, I've looked around. Therapeutic mattresses are made in Brockton. I've walked the floor and it was reassuring because there's no toxicity, no off-gassing. Therapeutic mattresses are clean and made by fellow Red Sox fans. Play the sale, sale, sale game if you want. That's not for me. A therapeutic mattress from Talent Furniture is your best bet and best deal. Today, tomorrow, or whenever you decide to buy a new mattress. This week's Shop Tuesday is Pristine Orientals. This Tuesday at 9 a.m., Pristine Orientals releases gift certificates for their rug cleaning service. Pristine Orientals' chemical-free rug cleaning process leaves no odor
7: and no residue. Your rug gets a gentle bath. It's really the only way to treat a rug. And this Tuesday, you save 30%. Pristine Orientals Rug Cleaning, available this Shop Tuesday at 9 a.m. on the Shop 30 store at WHMP.com.
0: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP.
1: And uh, like we have so often, we're just lucky to have Jeff Politano here to tell us about a good thing. What's your good thing of the day,
8: Jeff? Uh, It's not really of the day, but it's sort of of several, at least several years. Um, The good thing or the good work is um, that of our guest today, Selena della Croce who is a the coordinator for the tri-continental Institute for social research um, which is has a spoke uh, base here in Northampton um, as well as um, a founding member of the anti-imperialist imperialist action committee uh, and so we're going to talk about Venezuela uh, and um, the connection between us and Venezuela and in the work that Selena has been doing uh, on the subject and tricontinental um, so welcome to the to the show Selena it's uh, I'm I'm sure it's extri- much more underwhelming than you thought it would be um, but uh, but welcome
7: thank you for having me
8: um, so um, let's talk about Venezuela you've been doing work on this for a long time um, you uh, in this next segment we'll we'll talk uh, about Your time there and the the time that you spent there. Um, But I brought this up and uh, I'm having you here because in part, I remember a couple of years ago or a year ago, uh, the rallies and the gatherings in front of like Jim McGovern's office about this, about what was going on in Venezuela, what people were asking him to do and and why this is important. So um, if you could at least start from the beginning and tell us... Um, what's with Venezuela? Why why should folks here be concerned with or interested about Venezuela?
7: Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I There's so many answers to it. But I think that one is that in the U.S., I mean, people here are suffering for, from a lot of things, from skyrocketing inflation, from a housing crisis that's been really horrible in Western Mass, from all kinds of things. And so I think to be in a country where the majority of people are suffering from things like that, it's really frankly, pretty amazing to be able to look at somewhere like Venezuela, where there has been really incredible housing missions, where there is a revolutionary project that has significantly decreased poverty, where, you know, the government was able to give laptops to children, where there's free health care, where there's guaranteed food distribution called CLAP and all these things that, frankly, we don't even have here in the U.S. with much less resources. And so I think, you know, there's an argument that can also just be um, you know, care because we care about humanity and human beings, which is always true. We should always care about other human beings. But I think there's also a part of it that, for people in the United States who want to build a better world and build a better, better comu- like a, a better society here in the United States, we have a lot to look to in Venezuela. So I think that's part of it. And another part of it is that, for that very same reason, because it's been so successful in building like people power. It's not just a. It's not like a welfare government that just gives stuff out. It's a revolutionary government. And a system of social movements that are really taking power and taking charge of their of their government, um, the U.S. has decided to punish that. And so, if right.
8: so, when yeah. I read about what's going on in Venezuela now, a lot of it sort of reverber- reverberates um, has has reverberations of what I read about in Cuba and what right. has happened in Cuba. And so, that seems to me the like the through line is that you know the both why we what's going on there and why the United States is has a role in sort of cra- cracking down and, and issuing sanctions and, and all that stuff.
7: Right, don't get any ideas. And, you know, if you read, there's also part of, what, I know, um, I'm sure we'll get into this, but there's also kind of an information war too, where what you hear usually here, is, you know, there's a dictator actually Googled Venezuela and then news on the way here just to see what the latest kind of mainstream articles were. And it's the U.S. is threatening more sanctions because Maduro is refusing to go into talks with the opposition. And it's just all you hear is dictator, oppression, mm-hmm. repression, all these things. And so I think there's a reason for that, because if we actually look, you know, like peek behind the curtain of, of this kind of facade of like misinformation and disinformation, we have a lot to learn and I think that the powers that be here don't exactly want us to get any ideas. So it's twofold. It's, you know, there's a lot of amazing stuff going on and people are really, really being forced to suffer for that in a horrible way because of sanctions being led by the U S government.
8: Right. And this brings us to the issue of why you and others were, uh, in front of McGovern's office, uh, at least a year ago. Um, at least, uh, that, that, that there's at least one, uh, you know, protest that took place a year ago, uh, in which, um, the folks were protesting the blockade against Venezuela. So, uh, Selena de la Carice, um from the anti-imperialist um, action committee here in the valley. What was what was the the ask that's being made? What was the protest um, in the continuing sort of call for our you know representative and, and folks in government to do?
7: Yeah. So we've been asking McGovern for a couple of years now. Um, and, and as well as other groups in the area, too. We work a lot with Code Pink, Latin American Solidarity Committee, so Ma- Massachusetts Peace Action. I would, there's actually quite a long list of, of groups who have been kind of collaborating to ask um, Congressman McGovern to condemn the U.S. sanctions and call for the U.S. sanctions to be lifted. And so uh, so there have been a number of actions uh, really beginning in the area when the U.S. tried to overthrow the Venezuelan government in 2019, one of many attempts, all failed. Um, but it was a year ago that McGovern authored a letter that has been referred to as the best letter on sanctions to come out of Congress by experts, at, Um, for example, at the Center for Economic and Policy Research. And so that was really exciting for us that a group of people like not, not a huge, you know, it's, I mean, Western Mass isn't exactly like the most populous place in the world. And a group of people here were able to make waves when, when I was in Venezuela recently with um, Hector, who I know has been on this show before too. We heard people... Hector Figuerella. Hector Figuerella, thank yep. you. Yes, people, everybody had heard about that letter. And that, to me, was pretty incredible. So the initial ask, among some other, you know, kind of smaller things, but was to really do everything that he can to um, to condemn the sanctions and for the sanctions to be lifted. And so he did publicly condemn the sanctions yeah, he, quite strongly. So he he actually um, wrote a
8: letter to, and he tweeted it yes. uh, to Biden. Um, that's uh, one of the lines was, uh, I believe it is time for course correction on U.S. policy towards Venezuela. It is time to stop using the well-being of the Venezuelan people as a bargaining chip. Your administration must find other ways to pursue its foreign policy goals. Um, And so this is sort of a a criticism of what's called like the hybrid war uh, against Venezuela. And can you define what that hybrid war is?
7: Yes, so um, I think it's instead of, it's kind of, it's a method of warfare instead of just sending a bunch of troops and a bunch of American troops like happened in Vietnam. And I authored an article about this kind of, called actually how Venezuela is the Vietnam of our times, Um, that rather than, you know, either creating a draft or sending U.S. military troops into Venezuela, also like it did in Afghanistan and other places more recently than Vietnam, that it's kind of more convenient for the U.S. to try to create regime change through other methods to have governments that, um, that align with U.S., with the interests of the U.S. elite. I wouldn't say U.S. interests because it's certainly not my interests. Um, But part of that is, a a big leading part of that um, is U.S. sanctions and economic warfare. And so there was a study that came out by the Center for Economic and Policy Research that showed that 40,000 people, Venezuelans, were killed in one year from 2017 to 2018. And in the same year, 300,000 other people in Venezuela were at risk of dying because they didn't know you know, would they be able to secure their next, everything needed for their next cancer treatment? They weren't getting medicines. Hector. Because of the sanctions, because of the Because sanctions, of the yes. United States, because like of, it isn't just yeah. that
8: they're out there and they're struggling. I we have a role, a direct role.
7: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so I think, you know, we've, I don't know if you've heard the phrase, um, make the economy scream, right. That came from sure. Nixon, but yeah. that's, it's the same thing, right. It's to try to make the economy scream so that people in Venezuela overthrow their own government. Um, there are many other examples of that, but it's it's a combination of economic warfare, of information warfare, of getting people to think, actually, it's a dictatorship, and oh, you know, it's the government's fault. It's not because the U.S. sanctions are making things hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, these other tactics outside of not only conventional military warfare to try to um, implement regime change.
8: Okay. Uh, Selena de la Croce is here with us. We're talking about Venezuela. We're, we'll be back in just a minute, and we're going to talk about some of the interesting things that... In hopeful things that uh, she saw and experienced there. Be right back.
1: I met her in Venezuela. This is the Afternoon Buzz
0: with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 on WHMT.
5: If she loved others, she didn't say, but I knew she...
9: good phone number, right? It's the number Whalen Insurance got when we opened in 1961. It's still our number more than 60 years later. If you need an insurance quote or have a claim, just call 586-1000. We answer the phone, ready to help. That's our pledge to you, until now. Now when you call, we'll answer. And if it's something clerical or routine, like an address change, we're going to transfer you to the Arbella Insurance Call Center in Quincy. You'll be connected with a real person there too. You won't be entering your policy number on the dial pad. The Arbella Call Center. I told myself Whalen Insurance would never do this, but insurance agent friends all over New England tell me it actually works really well. So we're gonna try it, and if it doesn't work well, I'm sure you'll let us know by calling 586-1000. Whalen Insurance. Local people, local service, local insurance. In partnership with Arbella Insurance.
10: Goddess Danu Cosmic Celtic Earrings, an old wood heart-shaped bowl, the Old Deerfield Fall Arts and Crafts Festival, this weekend, furniture, paintings, jewelry, clothing, quilting, buy direct from the makers and artists, stained glass and pottery, dolls, toys, and teddy bears, plus an exhibit of the Deerfield Arts and Crafts movement of the early 1900s, the Old Deerfield Fall Arts and Crafts Festival, this Saturday and Sunday in Old Deerfield, Things to do with butternut. Roast it with butter and sage. Mash it with
3: butter and maple syrup. Stuff it with quinoa, kale, and cranberries. And then there's curried butternut soup. Squash. The season is long, the recipes are endless, and River Valley Co-op is a fall festival of squash. Next time you're there, buy that squash you never buy. Kabocha squash or Blue Hubbard squash. Why? Why not? River Valley Co-op.
10: Everyone is welcome, not just members. And everyone is wild about local squash. Why work for just any hospital when you can work as a medical assistant, patient service rep, office nurse, or scheduler for Cooley Dickinson Hospital? Winner of the best local hospital award by the Gazette's 2022 Reader's Choice Awards. Stop by for on the spot interviews on Tuesday, September 27th from nine to 11 and four to six at Cooley Dickinson Medical Group, 22 Atwood Drive, Northampton, or apply online at CooleyDickinson.org today.
0: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg 1015 WHFT. We're back
1: with Jeff Palatano and his guest Selena Della Croce is going to talk about her recent trip to Venezuela. Yes, so you just got back
8: not too long ago from Venezuela and um, you spent a bunch of time there so uh, Selena from uh, the Tricontinental Institute for Social Research and and a co-founder of the Anti-Imperialist Action Committee here in the valley. What did you see? What did you what did you experience in Venezuela?
7: Yeah, I think there's two main things, and then a lot of things <laughs> fall under that. But one of them is how amazing their social project is. And we got to, I got to visit one commune, um, and we've been in discussion with another one, so we've had calls. But um, we through the Anti-Imperialist Action Committee raised about eight thousand dollars for the comunautas de Líes in Caracas.
8: Okay. You gotta, you gotta explain what yes. it, that is that you just said yes. for us. Um, we'll people. So yes, yes
7: right. sorry. So the Altos del is a neighborhood and then commune um, in Venezuela. And so um, maybe just briefly before getting into that, one of the things I saw was how amazing that is, and the other one is how hard things are there because of uh-huh. the sanctions. So I, it's really you can't really talk about one without the other. Although we can, we can go in order. So and um, when you say hmm. the
8: sanctions, we're talking about U.S. sanctions. Yes. U.S. Is it, sanctions. Is it solely the U.S.?
7: No, so the way that the sanctions work is that the US sanctions basically bar Venezuela from trading with or or from with the US, but they also threaten to impose these measures on any other country that breaches them. Yep. So Venezuela is completely locked out of the international finance system. When they tried to purchase COVID vaccines, they were blocked. Their Covax their payments to Covax were blocked. So when you go through, try to go through international banks, that doesn't work. When you, their gold reserves are held right now in, in England, which is honoring the U.S.'s regime. So mm-hmm. it's because they're so brutal and harsh and because the U.S. has such a grip on the economy, other countries are scared that if they trade with Venezuela, that they too will be locked out of the international finance system. Gotcha. So it's basically, you know, it's like Iran, China, this Russia, Cuba, it really limits the scope of um, possible trade. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so both of those things. How hard it was and how amazing it was, but I can go on to the communes if that's okay. Yeah, no, um, of course,
8: please. Yeah, what's, I, wanna, I definitely want to hear the amazing stuff. Yes.
7: Yeah. Um, <laughs> so communes are um, were born a, around a decade ago. Well, there's, they have a much deeper history than that, but there was a law that was um, around a decade ago that formalized communes as kind of structures to really take over the um, productive process and transform power in the country. And so one thing that Chavez, the president, um, who died a few years ago, would say a lot is that you can't decree socialism. There's no socialism by decree. And so rather than the government kind of come in and saying, oh, look, um, here, we've we've arrived at socialism, or just being a welfare state, which, you know, it's great for the government to give its resources, and it should, Mm -hmm. but he didn't want to stop there. He said, okay, well, we really have to figure out how how to have a government that gives power to the people that's driven by the people. And so what that looked like in that vision, that's still being carried forward by Mauro and, and not by Miller, by the people under, you know, with the support of Mauro also is, um, to have neighborhoods that are broken up into, um, many neighborhoods are, are organized into communes. Mm-hmm. And so you'll have in urban areas, maybe 200 to 400 families organized into a commune that makes votes on, um, on its priorities? You know, what are the issues impacting this community? Is it that there's trash everywhere? Is it that they, you know, there's like fallow farmland that they could be producing on? Is Mm -hmm. it that they want to, you know, produce their own plastics materials from, from like recycled recycling that they pick up? Mm -hmm. Uh, is it that they're like dangerous gangs and they want to make their neighborhood safer? And so these, they're basically structures that address a variety of issues, but that the communities decide what they are going to kind of focus on and there's a whole national structure that is being built currently um, that connects these uh, these communes to each other, and so it's not just like a project over here and a project over there, but mm-hmm. it's a, a vision of having a state driven by popular power and by people power mm-hmm. that comes from the bottom up. So um, this yes, is th- this
8: so- well, first of all, it sounds like this is these are all local um, groupings of participatory democracy, yes. eff- effectively, um, and. It also sounds again very reminiscent of, I think it's like the Defense of the Revolution Committees in Cuba, mm-hmm. right? Is, yeah. is there there's a connection between yes. the? Pres- okay, gotcha.
7: Yeah, it was actually, I, I know as we were chatting before the show, but I was very lucky to go directly from Venezuela to a Mayday Brigade in Cuba. And it was, I, I definitely have a lot of history to read up and in Cuba in particular, but I was, we had an opportunity to meet with the CDRs, which you just mentioned. And I was just looking around being like, wait, I just, I, I swear I was just here. Like yeah. it's, it's, so there's, you know, they're like neighbor, they're, they're structures of power that are organized into neighborhoods that like figure out how to provide their own healthcare. And organized in these ways, like, this sounds like a commune, and, like, lo and behold, right? Like, there is an extremely close relationship and is an extremely close relationship between Venezuela and Cuba, learning from each other and their revolutionary processes and Mm -hmm. how to, you know, how to create the world we want to live in, because it's a pretty tough question.
8: Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, I mean, the thing that was really striking to me um, this past week was when it was uh, on the front pages of, I think it was the New York Times, I don't know if it was the front pages, but it was certainly a big story about how the life expectancy uh, in the U.S. Uh, has dived, I think, to, it's the, certainly the lowest in all of the, you know, West, Western industrialized companies, blah, 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 blah. But now Cuba is actually mm-hmm. uh, beating the United States in terms of life expectancy and access to healthcare, care,
7: mm-hmm.
8: um, which is an interesting statement, I think, of, of where we are as a country. But um, certainly what you're describing is sort of an alternative model there.
7: It's amazing. I mean, I know we're talking about Venezuela, but I think there's a deep connection there. And like in Cuba really interesting with healthcare in particular, I guess over in, around 90% of the population has been vaccinated for quite a while. They mm-hmm. produce three extremely efficient vaccines, also over 90% effective, very competitive with Pfizer and Moderna. You're talking about COVID vaccines. Um, yes, sorry, right. COVID we vaccines. Tr- we don't have that. Other that. Other vaccines. <laughs> we don't have
8: those levels in Western Massachusetts. Yeah, Never. no, right. not even yeah. here, right? Sure. In yeah. this
7: little liberal beacon, I guess. But um, yeah, I think, so there's a lot of, like, Venezuela actually has sent a lot of patients to get treated in Cuba, and there's really close collaboration in that, and the two states and other states thinking about, like, how to, j- h- like, how to make the world a better place for most of the people who live in it, which isn't really the case in our country in a lot of ways, sadly. Um, yeah, but the, co- I mean, the visits to the commune was, it was pretty amazing. It was just, you know, they've self-organized in ways that, like, I, I would love to, like, be the case here. They have, um, like, we, we visited the commune in Caracas and Altos del Líse. Mm -hmm. um and they you know they have a street brigade that like cleans the streets every morning which like i live in leeds we had like lots of attention in the gazette for problems with trash and it was just pretty amazing to be like oh you know this is it's not just random there is actually a group of volunteers in leeds who goes and picks Mm -hmm. up trash but it's like part of this organized way of like asking residents what matters the most to them and then making it happen and they have a pharmacy too um they've even though lot, uh, a lot of medicine is not available to people because of the U.S. sanctions, mm-hmm. they've like, managed to build relationships with people in other countries, in Chile in particular, and so they have this stack of suitcases in the pharmacy, and then they have doctors who are free um, because all health care is free in both Venezuela and in Cuba that they kind of give out to, to people with prescriptions. So, so, Selena
1: de la Croce, what can people do if they want to support anti-imperialist... Um, uh, effort and they, or if they wanted to short of overthrowing to... the US government,
8: short <laughs> of doing that. Yes.
7: Definitely do that, but no. <laughs> <laughs> um so I think there's two things. One is um Anti-Imperialist Action Committee. I'll say it slower cuz I know I have a tendency to talk fast. Um but the Anti-Imperialist Action Committee is a local group um based all over Western Mass. It's an all volunteer group and we're trying to, you know, get put pressure on our politicians to do more to lift the sanctions. So you can look us up on Facebook, Anti-Imperialist Action Committee. And we're having an event on Cuba, report back on Cuba, actually, on October 1st. So you can follow our social media. We have an Instagram as well. And I'd also encourage people to study more and to incorporate, you know, this kind of thinking into whatever work you do in your life, whether it's like a dinner table conversation or organizing you do with workers' rights or and, whatever it may be. And, and I have and, a, a yeah. document
8: right in front of me that helps on that the studying front from the, the Tricontinental Institute for Social Research. Which people can get to by going to was it TriContinental? Um, it's
7: the ironically that's actually linked to an oil company. So the website is <laughs> is the TriContinental, so T H E TriContinental org. Everything we put up is free, available in English, Spanish, and Portuguese, and it's just resources, you know, um, to to understand these issues more deeply. So I, I right. suggest those two things.
8: All right, Selena Delacroix, thank
1: you very much. Buzz. Have a good weekend. You have a great weekend. It is the Ashfield Film Festival, 7 o'clock tonight. If you want to uh, see REO Phenomenon, it is the, the uh, Doozy Doo Parade uh, to raise money for the Northampton neighbors and their ability to help, uh, help with everything from loneliness to the hands-on needs of people who are trying to age in place. And uh, thank you so much, Selena, for joining us today. Jeff, as always, thank you so much. Everybody thank have you. a great weekend. Thank you.
6: It's the
0: afternoon buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 1015
5: WHMD.
8: WHMP is looking for organizations that regularly distribute information about employment opportunities to job applicants or have job applicants to refer. If your organization would like to receive notification of job vacancies at our station, please notify us at Careers WHMP Radio, 15 Hampton Avenue, Northampton, Massachusetts, 01060, phone number 413-586-7400, or email jobs at whmp.com. Saga Communications is an equal opportunity employer and encourages minorities and females to to apply.
3: Are you an educator? Want to be more confident teaching about environmental issues? The Hitchcock Live Center. Live and local for the environment news and talk in Emerson, Emerson. for Northampton 100.
0: and the Valley since 1950. WHMP Northampton. WHMQ Greenfield. A- Northampton Radio Group Station. It's